And welcome to Contest of Content. The podcast where every episode we pit a beloved TV show and a beloved movie against each other in three high-stakes and utterly stupid battles to the death. Our guest judge will choose which contender reigns supreme. The winning champion will receive a bong in the shape of a bikini-clad pair of breasts. An egg-poaching device from FoodNetwork.com that does not work. And boudoir photos from the entire cast of The Big Bang Theory. (laughs) I'm Shelby Sweeterman. And I'm Nick Kaminsky. And this week's guest is a comedian, writer, actor, podcaster, and just a cool guy. It's Brody Reed. Hi. How's it going? <laughs> it's good to be here. Great. How are you doing? Um, it's it's okay. I'm re- trying to relax on a Sunday. Um, yeah, emphasis that's... on trying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'm so good. So you're failing is what you're... Oh hearing. yeah, oh that's 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 actually such a better word. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, look, we but don't going normally. Okay. I mean, we could honestly, if you mm-hmm. want, if you want to just spend this podcast, just like we could just not talk about movie, we could just drink creme de menthe the entire time. <laughs> That'll be more relaxing for you. <laughs> Shelby, get him creme de menthe. Um, okay, let me get the, let me call my personal Uber. I don't think I've heard, seen that on a podcast where people just um, drink of themselves. Then you the haven't class. listened. To- <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised. That's not like the biggest category. Yeah, I'm surprised I'll- that's not like Joe Rogan's like side hustle or something. Oh, wow. <laughs> he would be really good and annoying at that. Well, certain episodes of this podcast have definitely... <laughs> from my own fault devolved into that which yeah, is not great we still get through it somehow <laughs> now Sorta. brody before mm-hmm. you you joined us we were having a heated debate about the value and merit of the band lincoln park which yes. i was a big fan oh, of okay. as as a preteen and nick uh-huh. called it I... the worst new metal band the worst. No, but I, but Nick, I, but I retracted it. Terrible I re- start, dude. I don't know if you guys knew this about <laughs> no, well, me, sh- but I'm a huge Linkin Park fan. I, um, number one, Hybrid Theory. <laughs> Absolutely. <yeah>. Exactly. <laughs> okay, I I did know this because I I did read uh, your your Vulture article, and I wanted to ask if they were still your. But but I just want to say Shelby is spreading lies mm-hmm. because. <laughs> I after okay. I said that statement, that incorrect statement, I rem- I was I remembered about Papa Roach. So Lincoln Park is nowhere near the worst. I mean, there's way worse. Good way so to try to Shelby's save your skin. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I'm trying my hardest. I mean, three minutes in. They were the first band I ever really Yeah, like they were like my first favorite band, actually. Yeah, my joke goes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um how does my joke go? It's just like yeah, Lincoln Park was my favorite band back in it back then, and they were my favorite band from sixth grade all the way up until um, currently still my favorite band. Fucking Lincoln Park rules. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, I remember being a kid and being on like the Neopets forums, um, and all day, yeah, sure. every day, yeah. people would argue who's better, Lincoln Park or Hoobastank. Um, oh no. Which is like, first of all, don't pit them against each other. Two great bands. <laughs> But one of them only had two good songs, and one of them had two good albums. So I know. How do you there compare you the two? I mean, that's a real that's a real Sophie's choice. 
Yeah. I just think Lincoln Park got me through middle school and Neopets. Lincoln Park and Neopets. Mm-hmm. So Brody, you and I maybe had a similar yeah, same. Uh, middle school experience. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like you guys were, you went to the exact same. Yeah, school. the Neopets forums uh, exposed me to a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the nerdiest middle school, I wish. Every, I feel like everything I learned from the internet and chat rooms when I've learned, like I should not have learned it for another five years. Oh, you yeah. know, like I was exposed to way too much stuff. Way oh, yeah, too early. absolutely. It was good, though. You know, thank God. And kids these days are seeing the same stuff at like eight yeah. years old. Or they something. all just they all just produce hardcore pornography by 10 now. They're all just, <laughs> they're, just they're and... watching su- instructional suicide. <laughs> and they put it on TikTok. On <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, well, we are we're instead talking about Lincoln Park and Neopets, which I could talk about for an entire episode. Yeah, we could we're talk actually going to talk about our movie and TV picks. Yeah. Which Movies and TV shows, I guess. I guess are that's based on these three battles that we have going for you. Battle one is going to be fashion. Okay. Battle two will be don't eat the rich. Okay. Which in which we'll defend why you shouldn't eat the richest character. Uh-huh. Okay. And battle three. One. Battle three will be biggest anti-mask character. <laughs> that's, that's a it. that's a good one. That is a good one. And I would love... like it's fun to imagine a world where we're not all stuck inside from COVID and everyone's dying for the last year, but it's also kind of fun to imagine how my favorite mm-hmm. TV characters would exist in this horrible <laughs> new hellscape, you know? It's all kind of fun. Right, truly. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah. I have things to say about all of this. <laughs> well, we have a lot of fan fiction to write about, about you, uh, you know, the cast of friends in, in COVID times. That's my fan fiction. Oh, yeah. Find it online, fanfiction.net. <laughs> yeah, I love any podcast where I don't have to do homework, but the hosts do all the homework. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, exactly. Absolutely. And yeah. that's what that's we honest- love about it, too. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so we need someone to make sure we did our homework. Yeah. If it wasn't for yeah. this, I would never do anything, you know? True. Yeah. <laughs> Let's introduce our picks. All right. So I picked a movie. Nick, I told you I'd never seen this movie before, mm-hmm. but I knew of it. It's in the zeitgeist. Can we say that? <laughs> we haven't said word. zeitgeist in a while. A few episodes. And Nick, I know you love Chris O'Donnell. So, he's just the best actor. He's the best B actor from 1995. And and to honor Mm -hmm. him, I did pick uh, Joel Schumacher's Batman and Robin for this episode. Oh my god! Wow, that's a that's. Did you not know that? (laughs) No. Oh no, no. We yeah. We keep it secret, which we're the only people who it's secret from. Because when the episode comes out. The title tells you what what we're talking about, and you know what we're talking about. It's just a little secret Nick and I yeah. like to keep from each other. <laughs> yeah, all it does is make it difficult for Shelby and I to have a conversation for the week leading up to the podcast yeah. recording. But we, wow, <laughs> Batman and Robin. That was, um, I saw it in theaters for my birthday. I read the novelization of it before I saw the movie. I wrote a letter to Chris O'Donnell because I had one of those books where it says like the, uh, the actor's addresses. And I sent him a letter saying like, dear Chris O'Donnell, I loved you in 
Batman and Robin. I have a question. Did they really have to freeze you? He didn't write back. He didn't write back. He never wrote back. Even Bruce Willis sent back a signed photograph. (laughs) Well, I think we maybe uh, when this episode airs, we should write him another letter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he's probably busy with (laughs) CSI or whatever it is he does now, but. NCIS. I'm pretty sure that's all he does. I think that's all he does. Oh, wow. Wow, I didn't even know he was doing that. That's a steady job. Good for him. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, No, I mean, he's been him and LL Cool J for years. Yeah. And how do you feel about this movie? Um, Batman and Robin, when it came out, um, I remember I was in middle school. I told all my friends that it was, quote, the perfect movie. (laughs) It's got everything. It's got it's got action. It's got um, colored lights. It's yeah. got Alicia oh, yeah. Silverstone. She was in Clueless. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, I remember um, I didn't read the novelization or anything, but I did have um, a comic book on, based on it where it just was like scene for scene um, what the movie was. And then oh, um, also fantastic. Kiss from a Rose. That's from that movie too, right? <laughs> that's, I think that's Batman Forever. Yeah, I think, I think that's that might the be Val the one Kilmer before one. it. Yeah. Okay. Oh, well, this I'll, one has the, I'll, the Smashing I'll, Pumpkin keep, song. I'll lump it in there anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, you basically can. It's still Joel Schumacher. Um, yeah, I, uh, I, I liked this movie a lot when I was a kid. I think it was, it might have been the first, I don't know. I want to say it was the first Batman movie I ever saw, but it probably wasn't. I don't know. It's really good. That's, it's, that's and a great And it's movie. the last great Batman break. movie you need to see. Because there's no. It's uh... better than most of the Christopher Nolan Batman's. <laughs> it depends what you're going True. for. Do you want to be sad and growly? Then you watch a Christopher Nolan Batman. If you want to have a good time and be a fun person, <laughs> then watch if Batman. If you want to have Robin. jokes about Batman <laughs> credit cards? Yes, exactly. Oh, what is that movie? Um, <laughs> great. That's a great pick. I love Thanks. it. Um... <laughs> Before I introduce my pick and talk about all my subsequent things for the rest of this episode, I would just like to say, I'm sorry. I got okay. this idea in my head and I just, okay, so I have to, I actually, I have to really kind of concentrate. I have to do a lot of concentration this episode, okay? I'm, I, I got to do a lot of clenching, you know? Like, I've got to make sure I feel as powerful as, okay, so... I ended up having to do a lot of deep introspective thought this week. I had to shut my eyes, you know? I had to... I had to close my third eye. I had to close my brown eye, if you know what I mean. That's not a joke. I'm actually really constipated. Um, because I had to think about a TV show to choose that would, in essence, represent my entire earthly being. You know? Like, it's not just okay. a TV show. It's like I'm really trying to figure out who's the truest version of myself. You know? Like, who am I? Really? Who do I want to present to the world? Also, I was smoking, like, four bowls of hash and some really, really sticky indica. So like, and I was playing with a Ouija board. There it is. So like, I was having a, I was having a <laughs> weird night, you guys. So I had all these different choices swirling around in my head. It was like, it was like, do I want to pick a TV show with lots of rich people who are, you know, despite being total monsters, still have redeeming qualities, or do I want to pick a show that highlights, you know, a time of high fashion or just a weird, quirky family? Well, I smoked a little bit more of that stinky hash. 
And uh, I came up with the best idea I've ever had on this podcast or any other aspect of my life. Okay? So I decided, Okay. am I not powerful enough to be Arrested Development? Don't I have the gumption of a madman? Can't I float mm. down the shit's creek in thine own mind's eye? Do I have what it takes to succeed to the level of Cousin Greg? Because yes, I do. And of course, that means naturally my pick this week is Arrested Development, Mad Men, Schitt's Creek, and Succession. Okay. <laughs> you picked four TV shows. I picked four shows or ADMMSCS, which is its magical iteration. Okay. Um, I couldn't just pick one. Okay. I and cannot just before, believe you're doing this. <laughs> I can't okay. believe I, you, you I didn't both, do Brody. this This anymore. seems unfair. We only have three categories. Like off the rails. <laughs> I'm he messaged me and was just go. like, which of these four do you like? I was just like, <laughs> I pick one. <laughs> no, so it was she magic. tried to, wait a second, Nick. Not only did you pick four shows, you also tried to make Brody do work for you. That is yeah, but not, not homework. You know, it wasn't homework. Decision making um, is labor. <laughs> Decision making is difficult. <laughs> Look, I don't, I, just, I don't want you guys to say, like, no, I'm overcompensating because I couldn't decide on one pick. But that would just be malarkey, okay? It was actually just that I finally realized my true power. And okay. that's why uh, my pick today is Arrested Development, Mad Men, Shits Creek, Succession, or ADMMSCS. Okay. Well, this is this is... <laughs> completely n- new uh we're all gonna work through it together we've never had a, r- a matchup such this is as very this. unprecedented i've never reached into the magical depths to uh you know try to summon this much uh energy before so i'm really I don't know. excited i'm scared, honestly I'm say scared this is per- the first personally. time as a guest on this show that this has happened so Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep. This is a first. Oh, I'm time. so sorry, Brody. You think it's this stupid all the time when usually it's slightly less stupid. <laughs> That's not true at all. Don't even. <laughs> now That's Nick's true. slandering. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's well. get into it. I think we should start it out. We're gonna match up Batman and Robin versus Arrested Development, Madman, Shits Creek, and Succession. Let's go. Admmscs. Battle one, fashion. It's good. It's good. Thanks. Thanks. Fashion. Okay. Of course, when you think fashion, uh, you think Batman and Robin, right? And let me tell you why. Obviously. This movie, I mean, not only does it have multiple enemies first of all batman villains are always like wild looking they always have crazy fashion going on bright Mm -hmm. colors or something not in the chris nolan ones because that made it that's just a guy he's dressed up as a bat and everyone else is just kind of normal what the fuck but in batman and robin (laughs) you have literally any scenario you can think of it's got an outfit for you to wear like are you going to the club after the pandemic and you got to show off your body wear one of poison ivy's outfits right Or perhaps you want to stay home and relax. Mr. Freeze has that awesome blue robe that he wears at home. (laughs) Or maybe you got invited. 
maybe you got invited to fight in a wrestling match. Well, guess who else is in this movie? It's Bane, and he's got to look for you. Just a wrestling helmet. A wrestling it's mask. Like a, we don't know why. He was never a wrestler. Yeah, he just looks like a luchador who yeah. got bit by something. Bit like a, by a, like a plant zombie. Yeah. Which is sort yeah, of how he is. And zombies. Um, mm-hmm. And I guess in the comics, he's supposed to be real smart, but in this movie, he just goes... <laughs> like making whatever. Yeah. Uh, just grunting. Um, but of course, this movie is most well known for its baffling fashion choice of adding nipples to the Batman and Robin suits. You've got nipples on those suits. Yeah. How could I not talk about it? It's and so cool. We all want to know how they got there, right? So according to, to Esquire, an interview that Joel Sch- Schumacher did with Esquire, he... <laughs> gave the costume designer uh as reference like pictures of greek statues and like anatomical drawings for um you know human bodies because he wanted he was like oh our rubber sculpting like we have so much better technology for making these costumes than we did back in the michael keaton movies so he gave the artist this reference and then he said he said that the artist did the nipples and then when he looked Joel Schumacher, and I quote, <clears throat> and when I looked at them, I thought, that's cool. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> wow, what a, what an auteur he is. Joel Schumacher? Yeah, well, absolutely. Based on that interview, I had to do some more research and find out why this guy just thought of nipples as just something cool. Nipples on the bat costume. And that's when I came across uh, his personal life. Uh, in which it turns out um, (laughs) his first career was as a costume designer. Like he was part of the fashion world. So he even like is described as looming over the Manhattan fashion world with Halston, an internationally famous fashion designer. They were best friends. Um, He loomed? He loomed over it. I guess so. Hmm. Is he tall? I I didn't. Hey, we all loom. We all loom loom sometimes. I I like to do a nice lower loom, like a loom, but not a tall one. Like a crouch for my looming, you know? (laughs) That sounds Um, more comfortable, yeah. He also became sexually active at the age of 11. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus, poor Joel. Now I understand the nipple thing, actually. Jesus. (laughs) Exactly. Um... And he describes himself as being very seductive at a very young age. Uh, ew, wait, ew, he's, ew. He said that about himself. Um, so, he also so something said he terrible had, happened to Joel Schumacher in his childhood. But I he talks about it, and he was like, I never yeah. felt abused. I know some people in the same situation would like feel the same way. He said he never, I mean, he was, obviously, from an outside perspective. But he never yeah. felt that way, and mm-hmm. he died I mean, last year. So maybe he never had to feel that way, and that's good for wow. him, I think. Oh, boy. Um, Man, he just, he just <laughs> skated. A, what an easy life he had. No, I'm well, kidding. never dug up any of that. <laughs> what I will say is that he claims to have had 10 or 20,000 sexual partners. So that okay. seems actually like a hard life a to A little me. on the low side, but... <laughs> I know. I know. What is he, Mormon? <laughs> he was married yeah. to all of them. That's what they don't tell you. That's so nice. Oh, <laughs> that's nice. That's so I think based on the number of nipples that he's probably seen in his life, 
he did think it was totally a cool and natural thing to put those nipples in the bat suit. Yeah, he doesn't even see exactly. the bat nipples at all. He was just like, yeah, it doesn't phase him at all. He was desensitized to the nipples. Um, and that's the explanation point behind this fashion choice for one of the fashion wow. items in Batman and Robin. Booyah. That is fashion. That is fashionable. That is pretty good. Do you think... Thank you. Do you think argument. he was so used to like the naked body that he just had like a penis shaped cod piece on it at first, and they were like, "We've got to at least change this one." Like the nips, we we'll keep the nipples. Hopefully, he won't notice. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he was like, "No, leave it. Leave them. Leave yeah. And they're like, "They're like, okay, I think we should yeah. take off the cock and the nipples." And he's like, "No." And they're like, "Okay, well, just just the cock." And he was like, "Okay, I can deal with this." Luckily, there were just. They're like, oh, fine. <laughs> Luckily, there were just no close-up shots of the butthole. <laughs> well, they do. They yeah. open the movie <laughs> with, the, with just, with like, different chunk. shots oh, yeah. of the different parts of the costume, just the body. Of so the there's a balls, lot of yeah. butt close-ups during those scenes. And then they do it again later yeah. when Batgirl shows up. Yeah. And then remember when they do it for Alfred, but he's just wearing his, his butler outfit? <laughs> <laughs> he's just sick in bed. Like... <laughs> Also, how is how is he Alicia Silverstone's uncle? Because she's like supposed to be like 19 and he is 175 yeah. years old. I was wondering that the whole movie. But hmm. Alfred has hmm. some good <laughs> lines in that movie. And not lines, but in the beginning, Batman and Robin go out <laughs> and Alfred is like, oh, I guess I'll cancel the pizza. And then they leave and then he cries. He like starts crying because... <laughs> he doesn't get to eat pizza with Batman and Robin. <laughs> it's so uh, sweet. Bruce Wayne checks the receipts and he's like, I didn't I didn't approve this pizza. Did you eat this by yourself, Alfred? <laughs> I'd love in the middle of an action scene they just just show him for a second just yeah. eating cold pizza. He like he does it like Bill Murray in Royal Town of Moms. He like puts it up to his mouth and then just like puts it back down. Yeah. Uh, I know, Alfred. it's very sad. He dies at the end, right? Alfred? Doesn't he die like suicide by cop? What? What are you talking about? <laughs> no, he says no, because Dr. Free says, have him take two of these in the morning. Yeah, yeah. right? He saves his life? Yeah, he oh, saves yeah. his life. Oh, yeah, that's right. God. Dr. Freeze's re to... research saves Alfred's life. Because he has Thank some. God. Thank some, God. Oh, but McGregor's it... syndrome. Some made up disease. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, what? Mark move McGuire on to your syndrome. your argument. Okay, my one argument for my pick, ADMMSCS. So when it comes to ritual magic and making sure you feel as powerful as possible, you know, mm -hmm. powerful to do four times the normal amount of work that like a normal mortal would do, you can't just walk the walk and talk the talk. You also have to uh, dress dress i don't know uh but to become a true magus you know you really need to draw inspiration from the fashions of not just one tv show but four to really unlock mm -hmm. your full potential so just kind of rapid fire i think i could just go through this really quick arrested development obviously had the most magical power in the form of fashion because i think that being a never nude there are dozens of us is truly the most powerful fashion choice you can make 
I think, because not only is it fashion forward and kind of hot to wear only denim cutoffs and that's it, you know, but the thing amazing, the thing that's amazing about it is because of your own belief, you still think you're nude. You have these cutoffs on, but you don't see that you see your genitals and all the normal things that are happening when you're nude, but you're actually hiding yourself. And isn't, and isn't it, isn't, <laughs> Isn't it true that reality is so wafer thin <laughs> that if that if I say I'm nude and I truly truly believe that I am nude then on some level aren't I nude? You know, I think it really shows the difference between us and and the other animals of our our good planet Earth because mm-hmm. not only is a never nude wearing clothes, but also using their imagination. And it's incredible. Draws a line between us and, and the creatures. Yeah. It goes to show that the difference between us and the animals is that we have the will of fashion. I mm-hmm. think is what arrested. of it. Also, he constantly blues himself, which I think just being blue and wearing blue constantly, but still having a, a, a big Brown mustache, very fashionable. Um, Mad Men. So Mad Men is probably technically the most fashionable show of the ADMMSCS consort that I've been meddling with for the past few days. Uh, it spans the entire mm-hmm. decade of the 60s and the beginning of the 70s. So there's actual really kick-ass and beautiful fashion in the show. And the cool thing about it is it it often goes to like show character development, you know, or it goes to like show like Like when Joan is feeling powerful, she wears like a bright red. That's like her color, you know? And when Betty, Betty uses her sexuality and like her cute, like 50, you know, like her homemaker, but like, like kind of, you know, like her like sexy, fashionable styles. I'm sorry, I just entered my, my mind palace where I have all of Joan's outfits on her physical form, just like surrounding me in a room. That's one of the rooms. Oh, in my that mind sounds palace. great. That sounds like a great mind palace is to have all of Joan's clothes, right? Yeah, it's my there? safe space. What? Huh? And then uh, the the <laughs> more um, like confident that uh, Peggy gets, like the more like kind of bold and more like kind of hipper fashion sense she she starts using. You know, like she starts wearing like badass sunglasses and just walking around offices like in cool like hats that are brightly colored, smoking a cigarette with octopus porn paintings. Like she feels Mm -hmm. more confident and all the men wear suits, even when they're mowing the lawn. So like everyone just looks good. The, the fashion of mad men is really, really important. And, um, based on a, I got some information from a magical tome called the muse.com. Uh, and they taught me five things about fashion from mad men that I will make sure to use at my next moon child ritual. So here's some of the things that's important about fashion from Mad Men. Embrace feminine fabrics. Experiment with color. Play with silhouettes. Never forget accessories. Soft and radiant is chic. That is the magic of Mad Men fashion. Moving on, uh, Schitt's Creek. Obviously, everybody in the Rose wait, family wait, wait, looks wait, wait. great. Yeah. How do we move on from Mad Men without talking about the see-through shorts where we can see John Hamm's dick? Oh my God! It doesn't. He wears full dress pants, and you can see his dick. <laughs> Just all of the fashion, I think, was they forgot a rule in those fashion rules 
Make sure you can see that you're not supposed to see dick. Oh, yeah, that it will. Yeah. And that's chaos (laughs) magic right there. Is that hog? (laughs) Isn't it wild that you brought up John Hamm's penis before I did? Yeah, I could have sworn you were going to. And that's why I was. was I'm honestly mad that I didn't know. Yeah, Yeah, I'm pretty mad that I didn't. Um, Shit's Creek. Great show. Uh, so everyone on ever like the whole Rose family looks great, especially Moira and Alexis. They look absolutely fashionable and I know it's fashionable because I don't get any of the clothes they're wearing. But in that respect, I've got to give the most magical fashionista to David because mm-hmm. he really plays with fashion a lot more than everybody else. Cause like, you know, he dresses slightly feminine, but he's still wearing like strong outfits and like he wears a lot of black and dark colors but it never seems drab he just he always looks like he's wearing deflated hammer pants which i think is super cool i like everything about what he's wearing and i found another magical scroll called l.com and uh here are some of the mm-hmm. things that david wears throughout the series he wears a uh, a rick owens drape hooded sweater that only cost 812 dollars jade yoga draped buddha pants $89.95. A Yoji Yamamoto distressed sweater, $640. And Prada Chunky patent lace-up shoes, $890. So not only does all that sound very fashionable, but doesn't all that shit sound magical too? Like some jade and yoga And we are giving Buddha those pants? items away. If you write in, we will enter you into the drawing. Yeah. Listeners... Yeah. Well, we're giving away a, a distress sweater, a $600 distress sweater. We're yes. giving away yeah. those lace-up boots. Um, mm-hmm. Nick, you have to write into Nick. Please um, contact him. He will have those items for you. And anyone who contacts him wins. So uh, they're sure all in. in my Nick's going to send it to you. <laughs> they're all in my size, and they smell like me. But mm-hmm. um, And Doritos. But you still get they them. smell like Doritos Yeah, and Doritos. Also. Well, that's mostly me. Yeah, and for Succession, just finishing it off to, you know, finishing off the, uh, the, uh, the last bit of this magical fashion journey is like, okay, so Succession is another show about horrible rich people all being terrible. So it does kind of look like everyone in the show, like the way they dress, they were either born in a boardroom or a country club. So it might not seem like they're the most fashionable program until you notice how many comfy sweaters Logan Roy wears in every episode. Like Brian Cox just looks so comfy and fuzzy in his mean grandpa sweaters. Every single episode, he has a sweater that I just want to crawl into and sleep for days. And can't fashion be comfortable? I don't know. I'm genuinely asking. Yeah, can of it? course. <clears throat> is comfort a yeah. style of fashion? Uh, it's. I believe the phrase is "suffer for fashion," so I'm not sure. <laughs> Damn. Damn. I think it's. Damn, I think it's right. changing. And... Because all the Gen Z kids, they want us to wear like mom jeans, boyfriend jeans. Those are more comfortable than like skinny jeans. <laughs> oh, I like so... mom jeans. I guess mom jeans get a lot of hate, but I like them. I like them too. I like whatever the kids we... want to do. I don't care. I think I know <laughs> what mom jeans want. are. If they're the same thing as that SNL short from like the 90s or like the early 2000s or something. Ba- basically, yes. Yes. Well, it's just yes, like high waisted exactly. like pants, but yeah. it's like looser. Yeah, the light, uh, the light color. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the acid washed. Absolutely. Just denim. Um, oh, yeah. For sure. That's the best. 
that's the best uh, fashion statement you can really make. So yeah, so I want you to take away from this. I want you to think of, I want you to think of uh, Tobias's denim shorts. I want I want you to think of uh, Jones' beautiful wardrobe in Shelby's Mind Palace. I want you to think of uh, David's David Rose's um, wonderful uh, distressed sweaters, which I don't know what that means. And I want you to think of comfy sweaters that old yeah. grandpas wear that smell probably bad, but still very comfy. Well, that was a <gasps> slog, huh? Thanks for guiding us through four different television shows, Nick. I'm not mad You're about welcome. this in any way. No. <laughs> Good. I'm glad. I'm glad you're not. I can sense how happy you are. It's yeah. how in tune I am with myself that right. I can feel your own. <laughs> your your <sighs> telepathic magic. Okay. Yeah, well, let's move great. on to battle two. Let's see how you do with this one. Don't eat the rich. Don't eat the rich. So we have to defend the richest character from each show. So, of course, I summoned the four Diabolists from each television show mm -hmm. uh, who are either the richest or, like, tied for the richest but have the most power. So I would say the richest people from each show is Lucille Bluth, who's the manipulative, money-hungry matriarch of a terrible family. There's Roger Sterling, who is the owner of the ad agency, Sterling Cooper, who's a racist, sexist, homophobic, multimillionaire. When America was somehow even more racist and sexist and homophobic than it is now, and he is also part of a terrible family. <laughs> then there's Johnny Rose, who's a conceited, money-hungry patriarch of a terrible family. And then finally, we have Logan Roy, who's a truly evil, manipulative, conceited, money-hungry patriarch of a terrible family. So there's lots of terrible families in all the shows I chose. That was kind of my, um, that was kind of my thoughts. I was like, you're and shooting thought, yourself like, in the foot here, Nick. Yeah. We're not supposed to eat. No, them. I don't. Oh, well, ugh, but I want to eat them. No, 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 no. But here we go. But the, uh, so, the battle but, is so don't eat yeah. them. <laughs> I know. But so I wanted to make it hard. I wanted to pick awful characters and I thought okay. like, you know, they've got to have, I wanted to live in them you know i didn't want to just like explain things about them that would make them so i actually i actually tried to inhabit their corporeal forms for okay. this entire week i wanted to become them so for entire days i only acted like these four characters to try to find their humanity and their more redeeming qualities so uh when i was being lucille bluth i started drinking vodka at 9 30 in the morning which pretty normal and then I tried to spend time with my family to only realize that they're all completely stupid and annoying and that I'm the smartest member of the family. And then I took some painkillers to alleviate a uh, alcohol-related, uh, a hangover-related headache. And I mistook the drowsy eye mm -hmm. alcohol warning for a winking eye alcohol suggestion. Yeah. And I feel like that's something we can all relate to, right? I mean, who hasn't, who hasn't been annoyed by their family before? We all have. Who hasn't <laughs> drank a little bit too much one time? I mean, come on. We've all been there. I mean, I mean we can't, just because she's a little, a little out of touch, you know what I mean? We can't shame this woman because we are this woman. Uh, Roger Sterling from Mad Men, sure. He hates Japanese people because he fought in World War II. And yeah, he's cheated on every wife or girlfriend he's ever had. And so what if he's just a monster, like, uh, trust fund kid who's a total capitalist and hates poor people? You know what I did to become like him? Is I called all my friends and I just yelled things like, I'm your grandpa. 
What does trans mean? Hillary's emails. What are they putting in the vaccine? There's a reason women make more money. There's a reason women make less money than men. And you know what my friends did? They forgave me because they realized I'm from a different no. era. Yeah. They oh, just, they no. found it in their hearts. Look, you can't Nick, hate someone. Where are you going with this? Just because they're also, from a different Nick. time and they're <laughs> shitty and they're old and they're intolerant and they ruined the environment and the economy. You can't just hate them. Yeah. But Roger Sterling, I think something you're missing in your, in your reenactment is that he was very smooth and charming. And yeah. when I was watching that show, I was like, I know he's old. And I know he's bad. Would he be able yeah, to convince she... me to sleep with him? Almost definitely. See? He can't be that bad. Shelby would fuck him. He is an older man with a full head of hair. Wow. He's so... an older man with a full head of hair. I love it. So there you go. So not only can we not blame people, which, no, we can. But yeah, the, the redeemable part about Roger Sterling, probably good in bed. Probably fucks pretty good. Uh, Schitt's Creek, Johnny Rose. This one, actually, Johnny Rose is actually kind of a good person. I mean, he's a little... Yeah, but he also... He's not the richest character. He lost all his money. But he was at one point. He still acts like the richest character. And he was... He, I think, I think you would say he had more money than Moira because he owned the, the Rose uh, video empire. So I would say he was the richest. But that's, like, before the show. Not for the first couple moments. Okay, you're right. We'll we'll take those first couple moments <laughs> but, in. <laughs> in but he's cow. a very redeeming yeah. character overall because I mean he's just you know he's 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 a, he's a little out of touch and he's a little self uh, obsessed. But I mean he's a doting husband and he's a he's a mostly supportive father. But he's very supportive of like you know like one of the best parts about all of Shit's Creek is how like there's never any like oh, David's coming out or he's going to marry a man. Is that going to be... Like, everyone's just very supportive of his sexuality, which is very sweet. Johnny Rose is a very sweet character. And that's what I love about, about television shows, when there's no conflict and everyone's just mm -hmm. pretty nice. And that's that's yeah. my favorite kind of TV show to watch. It's mm -hmm. not. I couldn't finish that show. I'm so sorry. Oh, really? Yeah, I No, not a fan? <laughs> what do you think? Are you a fan? Have you seen it, uh, Brody? Of Shit's Creek. Um, well, yeah. first of all, let me go through all four of the shows that you've picked. Uh, <laughs> right, please um, do. Please do. Arrested Development, I do like. Um, what yeah. was the? Okay, you said Arrested Development, Mad Men, Mad Men. Not, yeah. not really for me. I watched about half of it, but I mean, like, mm -hmm. it's just terrible white guys, and it's a period piece. So it, yeah. I already had stuff yeah. against it. Um, yeah, Shit's Creek. I have watched a bit of it. I do like um, uh, a lot of the people um, in it. I do think it's um, entertaining. I also think it's very low stakes. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's comfort. Yes. Food. No. Um, yeah. And I, then I Secession agree. I have not seen because it just does not seem like something <laughs> I would like, even though all my friends <laughs> I, like. You and, can't relate to Like that? all my friends say that the theme song to it is good and I listen to it and I'm just like, mm, no, it's not. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> I, I fully, I fully agree. So you know where I'm going. That, like, <laughs> I I totally like when I when I saw the trailer for Succession I was like 
Oh, another show about an awful rich family of white people who are all mean. Hooray. Fuck you. <laughs> but I'm a total slave to HBO's programming. So I watched like, and even the first episode was like not even great. But like by the third, it's it it does get pretty good, and it is it is entertaining, and the people on it are they're they're terrible in a in a in a in a refreshingly new. I don't know. It's it's it is entertaining. Um, but it is I I get that it's like kind of a rehash. First of all, I'm terrible shows. in a refreshingly new way. So <laughs> how could they be? <laughs> I also agree that that Shit's Creek is the lowest stake show because every single time I watch an episode and the credits for the episode come on, I go, mm-hmm. "Did they finish any of those storylines?" Yeah, like, nothing happened. Like they don't really. They don't... No, not a lot happens. Mm. But it is a it is a fun it is a pretty funny show. Um, and last but not least, uh, Logan Roy, who is Brian Cox in uh, uh, Succession, who's a media mogul, kind of like a Rupert Murdoch type character, who is evil i mean he's straight up evil he's an awful awful person by so like a rupa his a brother type character yeah yeah exactly yeah his brother in the show says um he has done more to harm humanity than even hitler uh which might be true but logan roy has one incredible superpower and that is his ability to say the word the words fuck off he <laughs> has turned fuck off oh fuck off into an art form and it's beautiful it's as good as um it's as good as uh the actor from the wire and how he says uh shit like Mm -hmm. it's as good as that so i there's like a quick little clip from uh youtube i'll play it's like nine seconds but there's like a couple of them i just want you to hear fuck off fuck off fuck off a fuck off fuck off Fuck off. <laughs> fuck off. Uh, who, I'm sorry. How can you hate someone who says fuck off so deliciously like four times an episode? So he says it to everybody too. So deliciously that you want to eat him? Yeah, but like <laughs> in a like a fun way. I don't know, Like in a Nick. playful way. I I'm not eat convinced, eat but we'll see what Brody thinks. Yeah, thank God but I'm not convincing you. Think, yeah, because I wait, would win every episode. Hold- Hold on, Shelby. One more time. Say, I'm not convinced. I'm I'm not convinced. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> okay. There we go. Oh, that felt good. That felt really good. That felt good to say. Thank you. So there you go. Defending not just one rich, but more than I should have. Very loose definition of defending there, but we'll move on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Batman and Robin, <laughs> who's the richest character? It's Bruce Wayne. It's Batman, baby. He's mm-hmm. out there. He's fighting mm-hmm. crime. If we eat him, you know what happens? The bad guys win. Mr. Freeze <laughs> freezes the world and then Poison Ivy wow. regrows the world to be all plants, which I know sounds kind of cool. <laughs> but God, we, I got to rewatch this movie. This is only bringing me happy memories. We would not be around to see all the cool plants because we'd all be dead. They want... <laughs> Mr. Freeze literally says he wants the world to be like as cold and frozen as as his heart without, That's you know, his, his love. So without my love, <laughs> I found um an a little article go. written by someone named Alex Wiggin on oh Alex yeah yeah <laughs> so this person Alex has a little Batman movies blog just a little blog for Batman <laughs> movies and they wrote <laughs> what if Mr. Freeze and Poison Ivy were triumphant 
in Batman and Robin. And they wrote this little article in which they did not actually answer that question of what would happen. But they did mm. say that, you know, maybe the military would show up, which we definitely don't want. We eat Batman and then we have to deal with the military? No! But I think what it all comes down to is what would a world look like if it were taken over by Mr. Freeze? And so I had a friend of the show... Um, my partner Richard Rosenthal who does the music for our podcast actually wrote Mm -hmm. a song to that effect if you'll bear with me uh, we can listen to it the Iceman coming Icy graveyard. Then I will pull Batman's heart from his body and feel it freeze in my hands. Talk about your cold shoulder. Freezy, I'm feeling hot. Can you be cold? Ah. We have 11 minutes to thaw the Let's get some ice. Hey, freeze. The heat is on. I find that unlikely. What do you say we heat things up? Pheromone dust. Designed to heat a man's blood. It doesn't work on a court hearted. Now if you please. The Iceman Captain. with me. I shall repay that for sentencing me to a life without the warmth of human comfort. I will blanket the city in endless winter. <laughs> Bomb 
arms away, Batman. This could have been playing over like the whole credits. It would have the Iceman cometh. So, so wait though, but like, so you're saying that if, so we have to defend Bruce Wayne because if he's not there, then the world will become that. Yes. See, cause I liked that song. I thought that was pretty dope. I could like have that playing. You wouldn't be around to hear it though. Life. It would just be Mr. Freeze and Mr. Freeze and Poison Ivy would have to repopulate <laughs> the world together. So right, right, then right. you'd also have that. But he is a cold, or, but he is. Um, possibly even better than a kiss by a rose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah They're, i could see them being like the a side and a b side of like a single you know like we'll they, release they really it. go together <laughs> we'll release it as okay. a as a as a, a what do they call them what do they call the short records <laughs> the little records that only have one song on. <laughs> yeah. single. Yeah, i think that's just called a single right well we'll release that but it'll be a vinyl <laughs> one side will have that song the other side will have kiss by a rose you can use it. Oh, I think like that's a, a seven good... inch or something like yeah. that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Great. We'll get that pressed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. I can't wait to hear it a little. I mean, I heard it, but I can't wait to hear it I better. I know. I know. I. It was great. Because I don't want to show out for the paid version of this program we used to record, so I can't just <laughs> play it straight from here. Um. All right. Uh. Well, great job. Thank you. That is. And that brings. Oh, us... and also while. Oh, While that was playing, I did check and make sure because Batman and Robin is on HBO Max, and I yes. will be watching it when we're done recording. Check it out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That brings us to Battle 3. Uh, we're going to end and on a high note. Brody, I hope you're ready for Battle 3. Okay. Biggest anti-mask character. Okay. Nice. So, first of all, Mr. Hmm. Freeze and Poison Ivy, they hate Batman. He wears the mask. They're anti-mask. That's easy. <laughs> Easiest argument you can make for a Batman movie. Any of the villains who are against him are anti-mask. Bam. But let's get more specific. Poison Ivy uses her special little seduction powder, I guess, that she blows into people's faces. If they were wearing masks, wouldn't work so well, would it? Now, Poison Ivy. So she is very much against masks. They would keep that poison out. (laughs) um it also seems like maybe she would be like an anti-vaxxer because like i know poison ivy's character is a scientist but 
she wants everyone in the world to die. So she would be totally <laughs> against. She'd be like, don't wear the mask. Let Just breathe in the virus. Everyone die. Don't get vaccinated. Um, leave the world for the plants. But when we really want to get into it, like who hates Batman the most? I think we got to recognize that George Clooney personally blames his performance for the failure of this movie. (laughs) And he says, don't be so hard on yourself. I know. And Joel Schumacher even says like, Oh, George is great. No, like it it wasn't him. Like it was was a lot of stuff. Um, But George Clooney is like, it's bad. Um, He says that after this movie, he started like looking a lot more closely at scripts because he was like, I don't want to make these, <laughs> these ridiculous films anymore. Um, but he says it is physically painful for him to watch it. Yeah, yeah. He's not happy about it. Yep. Also, fun fact, he and Arnold, he and Arnold Schwarzenegger, even and, and Chris O'Donnell and um, Arnold, never actually acted together. They were never like... <laughs> They were never in the same room. They were never like there shooting the scene at the same time. Oh wow! Yeah, just... not even not That's even Chris O'Donnell and George Clooney. So cold. Where they were so cold. <laughs> yes, exactly. George Clooney and Chris O'Donnell, I believe, did <laughs> act together, but neither of them actually acted with yeah. Mr. Freeze. So, Brody, I I listened wow. to uh, the your Star Wars episodes of your of your of the Dark Weeb uh, podcast and. Uh, when Thank you guys you. were talking about George Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> no, they were great. But when you guys were doing like George Lucas's uh, impersonation of him trying to direct actors, when you were just like, it was like, uh, yeah, so just stand there and I guess you're going to swing around like you're hitting a bunch of people. It's like, that's like all he could do to like direct people. That's what that just reminded me of. Yeah. Like no one's actually so, doing I mean... any acting. <laughs> totally. I think that is what happened with this movie is just they were like, okay, now you jump over there. Like, all right. I don't know. I I think the actors had no idea what was going on. I'm like surprised that the Marvel movies can actually have like an ounce of emotion or like compassion in them because you Mm -hmm. know it's just... It's just Bradley Cooper in a soundstage making this face as he tries to do Rocket's voice. And it's like, how does any of this work by the end of it? Yeah. You know? But it does. I mean, I like I mean, at least movies, so. he's um, like Arnold Schwarzenegger and Uma are like chewing up the scenery. They're like, yeah. like yeah, Schwarzenegger is eating the camera every time he is like in a scene. <laughs> he's like, knows what movie he's in. He understood yeah. the assignment. He's very camp. And then I think yeah, if, fun. maybe if George Clooney had like known how over the top it would have been, he also would have been like yeah. more Adam West than right. I don't know. But George he didn't. Clooney. He did not. Get <laughs> he just played it. himself. <laughs> it, it actually would make sense that him and uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger were never on set at the same time because they were clearly acting in two different movies. Yeah. So true. that actually, that actually does check yeah. the fuck out. That's interesting. Well, remember when they fly down? Remember when they surfboard through the sky on pieces of glass at the very beginning of the movie? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes, they do. How could I forget? That's it. That's all I got. It's just, that was pretty <laughs> and dope. And they surf on a brontosaurus' spine. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> like, Iconic. Why? What was it? A, they it, grind down it like it's a it Sonic a video, video game, like Sonic Adventure <laughs> Two Battle. They're yeah. grinding down the spine of the of the dinosaur. <laughs> 
And I feel like there was no other indication that they were in a museum. I feel like there was just a dinosaur there. Like, I'm so confused. Uh, sometimes you decorate with dinosaur. <laughs> yeah. Some, I know sometimes you from, got to. From playing Animal Crossing. Well, that's my argument. So, Nick, <laughs> take it away. It's a lot of anti-masking in there. Um, so I guess if uh, Batman had to go through COVID, his mask is like the worst possible it's got, he's got mask in the wrong um, place, yeah. Yeah, he's he's not the masking opposite, correctly. Yeah. Okay, so biggest anti-masking. Lisa went over to- uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah, he's doing slightly, yeah, he's honestly doing the part that most people don't. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. So, uh, so I have a lot of uh, thoughts on which characters would be anti-masks in these TV shows. And the answer is basically all of them every (laughs) single character in all the tv shows that i chose from the 80 mmscs consort would basically be anti-mask uh if we start with arrested development i cannot think of a single person on that show who would wear a mask except maybe george michael and I don't even think he would. Like, I think he'd find, like, a like a reason to not do it. So, Michael Bluth, he absolutely would be the type of person who, like, yells at other people for not wearing a mask, but then doesn't have his mask, and, like, it shouldn't be yeah. a big deal. Like, he would say he's wearing a mask, and he's not wearing a mask. Um, Job would never wear a mask. He would just say something like, you, you, you expect the guy in the $6,000 suit to wear a face mask? Come on! That's what he would mm-hmm. say. And then Buster wouldn't be able to get his on because of the hook. So he would just scream, I'm a monster again, and then he wouldn't leave the house. So no one in that show is wearing a mask. Uh, George uh, George Bluth is in prison for a lot of it. Lord knows that they don't have any help, anyone in prison against COVID. So uh, no one's wearing a mask on that show. Uh, Mad Men, taking place in the 60s. Mm-hmm. Nobody if there was a if there was a like a widespread pandemic in the 60s, nobody would wear a mask. Everyone in the 60s, they still smoked cigarettes when they were pregnant. They drank gin gimlets for breakfast. They thought heavy cream was a normal substitute for lunch and they just had T-bone steaks literally <laughs> injected into their capillaries. So like none of them would be like, "Oh, what? Air is going to hurt me now?" Do you have, do you remember there's a scene in like the first season where the, the Mad Men family, I don't remember his name. They go out on a picnic. He's called Don Madman. Don Madman. He and his family go out on a picnic and then they, they leave the picnic. They just like toss everything off the blanket (laughs) into the park, like all the garbage and everything. And then walk away. It's like a beautiful park area. They don't even pretend. They literally just pick up the blanket yeah. and just leave it all there. Yeah. Absolutely. Totally. 100%. Uh, Shit's Creek. I can't honestly, I don't think any of the Rose family would be okay. Wearing masks. Alexis would just say, ew, David, uh, David would say something like, yeah, uh, I hear what you're saying about the disease and everything. Ugh, I know. But what I'm saying is I just don't know if it would be aesthetically good for anyone, especially me. <laughs> wear the mask uh johnny rose uh um uh eugene levy and his furry eyebrows he would want to wear a mask but he would like accidentally buy like a one that's like two sizes too small and it would somehow like end up like like choking him and he would almost pass out um but the number one person in Shit's creek who would never wear a mask is obviously moira rose she would never wear a mask because it's too important 
for her as an actor, you know? She would say like, Johnny, don't be ridiculous. I can't be expected to cover up my most integral and important instrument as a performer. My blinding smile. This is the smile that sold over 2,000 voucher tickets to a Hungarian labor camp for the East German airline in the 1980s. She would say something like that. Um, so no one would yeah. wear a mask on uh, Shit's Creek. And finally, Succession, while none of them would wear a mask because they're all rich assholes and they probably think that COVID is a poor person's disease and also anybody who makes under $300,000 a year is a poor person. Um, clearly, there's only one person that we could say is the most anti-mask, and that would be Logan Roy. And that's Brian Cox again. And I can tell you why in just two words. Fuck off! That's what he would say <laughs> about wearing a mask. That's all you need. And I want you guys to know so that to, to make sure that mm-hmm. I was really getting, you know, all the, the magical power from these anti-mask people, I, I, act, I did as they did. So for an entire week, I didn't wear a mask. I walked around all over town. I went to grocery stores, doctor's offices, restaurants. I refused to wear a mask anywhere I went. And then when I got home... I took the first mask that I ever bought, like when COVID started. Um, and then as part of a chaos ritual, uh, I um, a chaos magic ritual, I wrote A-D-M-M-S-C-S on it. And then I masturbated onto it. And then I put that mask into a garbage can with a bunch of sage and some fresh rosemary. And I lit it on fire um, just to make sure that I really did it as properly and as powerful as possible. I really wanted to harness the energy of these terrible people who won't wear masks. I, I think you've you've maybe gotten too far, too deep into witch talk, into the witch side of t- TikTok. No, don't worry. No, I don't. I, no, don't worry, because I haven't masturbated since then. You know, I wanted to make sure I was really <laughs> okay. full of it for today. Right. So I don't That's know what you're better. talking about. So, yeah, we've got lots of horrible rich people who would not wear a mask because they think they're above it. And they would say, ah, fuck off. Well, that was lovely, Nick. Um, (laughs) Always love hearing about your masturbation rituals. Uh, Brody, do you have any lingering questions before we go to our break? About my masturbation rituals? I'm just going to assume that I know what I know about. Okay. All right. (laughs) That's good. I like that. I like your confidence. I like how you're like, I I feel it. It feels right. Very intuitive. I got a lot of uh, data to input. I've been actually inputting data as we've been going on. Okay, great. It's going to be done rendering in a moment, so then I'll have my judgment. (laughs) Perfect. I I think that I'm going to assume I know what I know is my favorite way of anybody saying like, no, you don't need to tell me anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to assume I know what I know. That was like really expertly done. All right. Well, in that case, off we go to our break. Okay, I felt so bad for little kid Nick not getting a response back from Chris O'Donnell, so I used some of my connections, called in a few favors, and I actually got a response back from our boy Chris. So here's the voice message he sent us. I hope you enjoy it. Hey, Nick, I'm very sorry for not responding to your letter. I was too busy practicing Catholicism and being afraid of heights, which are facts you may know about me from reading my Wikipedia article. 
To answer your question, no, they didn't really have to freeze me, but I begged them to. I wanted to know what it would feel like to have Dr. Freeze's ice all over my body. I still remember that feeling fondly. Even now, I feel phantom chills running down my spine and up the insides of my thighs. I'm sorry, I have to go be Catholic some more. Peace be with you. Your friend, Chris O'Donnell. And we're back! We had a very nice break. We um, learned how to code during the break, and now we're all going to get jobs as uh, coders. It was a lot of fun. Really good bonding experience. I'm a hacker now. Yeah. Yeah. What are you? What's your first um, hack job? What are you hacking into? Uh, I'm going to do a swordfish onto the black hat, uh, and then I'm going to... Um, you know, just Silicon Valley it. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Those words make uh, sense in that order. Great. Uh-huh. Well, Brody, uh-huh. we're uh-huh. so excited to hear uh-huh. what your yeah. judgments are. <laughs> we're so excited. Cool. Yeah. I've been, as I said, I logged this into um, my very complicated machinery here that sits just <laughs> okay. off screen. Mm-hmm. Um, plugged it in. It, it printed out a very loud ticker tape of um, calculations <laughs> and whatnot and stuff. Great. Yeah. Excellent. So, um, Nick, because you picked four different things, um, what I had to do was um, your points <laughs> count exponentially. So, <laughs> whether or not you did good or bad in a round, it does count against you four times, just so you know. So, yep. Um, yep. by had, that hey, process, hey, um, you're Shelby, your dice. points are essentially irrelevant <laughs> oh, <laughs> because they've been eclipsed completely. <laughs> um so yeah let's go through the categories um starting with the last one first um the anti-masking one um Mm -hmm. nick i think you really um i think you went won that round because you called it i do think every character um in most of the characters in all of those shows would be (laughs) anti-mask um i i do have to agree um i feel like um Maybe I disagree a little bit with um, Moira from uh, Schitt's Creek because I th- do think she could have like a fashionable mask yeah. or something like that. But ultimately, I'm going sure. to give that one to you. So that's four points. Four points Thank for you. you. <laughs> Congratulations. <Great>. Yes. <laughs> um, and then moving on to fashion, because I mentioned fashion, mm-hmm. um, you were just mm-hmm. um, never going to beat Shelby in that category. Absolutely not. I mean, that, Batman yeah. uh, and Robin, yeah. it's just there's so much going on. Nipples are definitely going to win. That's two points for nipples. Um, we got oh, Poison Ivy. We mm-hmm. got Alicia Silverstone. <laughs> um, we, <laughs> we got Alfred completely dripping in the yeah. in, this, <laughs> in the norm for um, close that he <laughs> He chooses to be a butler and and, and whatnot. <laughs> um, so Shelby did win that category. So you are down four points if you're if you're counting that. So you went back to zero. Um, and then the <laughs> uh, yeah. and then the last yeah. um, category. What was the last category again? It was um, that was don't eat was the fashion, rich, defending um, the rich. Don't, don't eat the rich. So defending like, the rich. I mean, yeah. that's the only thing you can do with these shows is defending the rich in a way your entire arguments was uh-huh. defending the rich um uh-huh. but you yeah. know what i guess yeah. i i think i do have to go with shelby on this one if 
Batman, um, uh, you know, knock on wood, um, yeah. cross my heart. If something happened to Batman, <laughs> um, he was going to defend the city of Gotham exactly. um, and no one. And if something happened to literally any of the characters of Mad Men, um, Arrested Development, um, Secession, and, and even Schitt's Creek, um, <laughs> if they all dropped off of a bridge, my life would probably improve. Except for Shit's Creek. <laughs> That'd be kind of a tragedy, but um, all in all, right I think David I'm going to have to give this one to um, Shelby, if only for the mm. fact that, Nick, technically you got negative eight points. So yeah. <laughs> um, in a way, you're both winners. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> if yeah. that helps at all. No. I like yeah. both. It does. Win. That does help. I feel like I feel yeah. like a winner and I feel like we all should feel like winners, you know? Just look at us. I mean, here. I do right now. Yeah. This is the first time I yeah. ever have. We're here podcasting. We're, you know, <laughs> hey, connecting. Yeah, we've won already. <laughs> we Living the dream. The yeah, real absolutely. Win was in us all. We're building our own fan bases. <laughs> exactly. Oh my gosh. So what what punishment I, or reward both did you come up with? Uh, miraculously. You should both come pat yourselves on the Thank back. You. Thank you. I appreciate Thank it. You. I felt powerful. I felt like I had a lot of like a lot of magical juice yeah. flowing through me. So yeah, so yeah, this I, I appreciate it. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah, we talked about your juice earlier. Again, we I don't need more details about that. <laughs> we do. It, good, Brody, good listen, it comes up so much. You wouldn't actually you probably <laughs> would believe if you have, you know, this episode is your yeah. this is um way to thing to base it on this has been a light yeah. episode yeah actually honestly yeah, surprisingly Seriously. yeah, yeah it's weird. so what what uh, a punishment or reward about. did you come up with for us yeah um so um nick your punishment is going to be inspired by Shit's nice. creek um i think it might be a little hard to pull off right now okay. but as soon as it's, it is safe I'm going to need you to um, be evicted from your house and <laughs> go live in a motel for <laughs> minimum of a year. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if that's okay with you, maybe give give or take yeah. give or take um, 364 days. But I'm going to need you to stay in a motel for at least a, a night. Oh, <laughs> yeah. The, the worst one you yeah. can find. I cannot stress this enough. Um, oh, I love it. Um, as a reward, um, Shelby, I think your reward is going to be um, inspired by both Arrested Development and um, uh, Batman, uh, Mr. Freeze uh, specifically. Mm -hmm. um, I want you to have like a box of those like chocolate banana ice cream pops. Do you know the one I'm oh, talking about? Hell yeah. They're like bomb pops, but they oh, taste like yeah, banana and chocolate. Yes. And they're delicious, and you deserve um, a chill treat to cool yourself down. <laughs> oh my gosh! Thank you. I'm yeah, so you excited. Delightful. Yeah. It's that really hard to to mm -hmm. convince myself to buy things for me. I'm always like, I gotta save money and pay off my student loans. Mm -hmm. So this will be a really nice. I'm like, this is my reward. I mean, I'll I make Nick to, buy it for buy you it. if if you want oh, me yeah. to. Okay, that's even better. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> no, no, Shelby. I think it's really important that you learn how to treat yourself. Right, I think right, Brody right. agrees. We got to No, 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 no. If it's part of it, I'll, I'll, I'll buy him for you, Shelby. Well, okay. That was awesome. I'm so excited. Brody, thank you so much. Great job, Shelby. Thank you. Great job, Nick. Great job, Brody. Great job, Brody. Thanks. Now you, you have to say. I love to judge people. Um, so it's just nice <laughs> that people recognize. Okay. Yeah. 
I'm good at it. So yeah, thank you so much. You did. You did. I honestly, I'd have you judge me again. I'm, I might. I, might I was going to say, up, like, yeah, awesome. I can I just call you on a Tuesday and be like, this is what I ate today. And then you could be like, you stupid. I mean, gross. this is going to be a surprise, but I've actually been judging both of you this whole time. So I will send you some notes after this is over. <laughs> great. I okay, great. It. We'll do a follow up where we read your notes. <laughs> And uh, we'll, we'll say how much we agree with all Perfect. of them. So fuck, we do... saw right through me. Right. We, we do have a special virtual battle box that we've created. So Brody can actually pull the battles for next episode without me having to reach my hand into the physical box and switch okay. it around. And yeah. So go ahead and let us know what the first battle for next episode is going to be. Okay, for the first battle is, I'm actually proud of this one. I picked it myself, and I just mm -hmm. happened to randomly um, hack into your Do system and pick it. <laughs> you hacked it, yeah. Um, nice. So the first one is best representation of cheese on a film. Um, and that can be oh, that can be like a cheese sandwich. That could be a, <laughs> probably it's going to be pizza. That can be pizza. macaroni and cheese. Um, if, if there's an anime with cheese in it, um, take your pick. Um, yeah. I'm excited for you Oof. to figure that one out. I'm excited. That's a um, fantastic and I have one. TV. I mean, like... I'm going to do Naruto. I already know. Okay. <laughs> Believe this or not, but my second pick also, which was random, um, also I wrote. I wrote it Okay, myself. great. <laughs> yes. Um, and I, I love it. And I know that it's random because I already clicked on the next one just to make sure it wasn't getting all of my own and the third <laughs> one was different. But the second one um, is best sword fight uh, represented uh, on film. And awesome. that oh, could, yeah. hey, that could be Absolutely. HD too. I'm not going to judge if it's just on film. But um, you know what a sword is. <laughs> you know what a fight is. Put those two things together. <laughs> find the best one. Put them together. And, awesome. <laughs> Yeah. This third one um, comes from my friend Amy Silverberg. Um, mm -hmm. Very funny. Nice. Um, it, this one is Odd Couples. Um, best Odd Couples, I guess. Um, and mm -hmm. parentheses, looks, oh, age, um, etc. Awesome. So, and I'm already awesome. going to tell you this. That's it's um, it's Jack Lemmon and Walter Matthau, obviously. Right. The odd um, but yeah. I guess pick yeah. an inferior odd couple. <laughs> I guess yeah. If we pick yeah, anything else. Uh, Tom and Lennon and it. Matthew Perry. <laughs> oh yeah, they did. A, yeah. They do like a reboot. That was funny. I think it still might be on. That's great. No, it got well, I'm excited for that's fantastic. To do those, those great. battles next episode. I'm gonna have to think long and hard about Love cheese. <laughs> I'm gonna think about eight. Now next, now next episode, I'm gonna pick eight movies. Oh God, Nick, you try <laughs> oh me, sir. Don't let him do that. <laughs> I don't know. I have no control over him. I don't. He just comes in and does whatever. She he really wants. can't. I just. You, you can't take me anywhere. You can't take this guy anywhere. Well, Brian, gonna run thank out of movies. So really much. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna. It's not enough. He's just yeah, gonna be for like having all me. of a fun them. Time. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for coming. Yeah, yeah this is fantastic. <laughs> is there anything that you'd like uh, our listeners to mm -hmm. check out? Um, yeah, there's a couple things. You could check out my, I have like three podcasts. So let me run them down real fast. Um, there's yeah. this one I do called The Male Gaze with three other uh, comic friends, which is um, awesome. like about um, 
we're trying to like pick apart masculinity in pop culture um, and in the news every week. Awesome. Um, I do this other one oh, called awesome. The Dark Weeb, which is um, about really nerdy Love stuff. It. Usually it's about like anime or video games with my friend Cody, who currently writes for Rick and Morty. Everybody listen. Um, and then the third one is the, I started this music podcast with a friend of mine, um, Jack Boger, um, and it's called dumb posers and it's a podcast for composers <laughs> and we just have uh, guests on and we just um write stupid songs <laughs> and talk about it oh that so sounds fantastic check all those out. i love yeah. it oh definitely check that those sounds great out. also because uh, i think you guys would be interested i think you should yeah. check out racer trash if you guys if you guys haven't ever heard of racer trash it's a radical um editing collective and they take movies and then they like visually and auditorily the um, remix them. And then they have screenings um, a couple times a week. Um, and that's really cool. I highly suggest oh. you try to catch a screening because everything yeah. in the oh, awesome. screenings are, is basically illegal. So we can't really let, just like put it up <laughs> for like viewing, but uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's really, really that's cool. awesome. And uh, is, is it, can you, because I, I watched the trailer today, but is it possible? Can you see sixteen thousand dollars? Your your short is that possible to see online anywhere um, yet? We yet? just finished our um, uh, festival run, so I don't think it's up. Yeah, because it's been yet, everywhere. But it probably will be up Congratulations. soon. Yeah. Okay, it's, great. It looks great. Yeah, we just like to show people. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Appreciate well, it. No, yeah. Go watch the trailer for sixteen thousand dollars. It looks really, really. It, Great. If it's ever available to the to the <laughs> the public, we'll definitely post that on our social media. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening, Thanks. Brody. Thank you for coming on. You've been a it's been a pleasure to talk to you. And everyone, remember mm -hmm. to keep arguing with your friends about just how many nipples you should see on any given superhero at any moment. <laughs> Bye. It might be more than two. Oh, no. Bye. Thanks for listening to Contest of Content, a.k.a. A Tale of Nick's Masturbation Habits. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Contest of Content and on Twitter at Contest underscore content for some fun little social media posts. Our theme music is by Richard Rosenthal, and our podcast art is by someone who you can't prove isn't the Zodiac Killer. You can't 